What's up, guys? Will Freeman from RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com coming to you with part two of my real estate guide, why you shouldn't invest in real estate. In part one, I show you why I don't think that you should buy a house. And in this article, I want to show you, and audio and video, I want to show you that some of the arguments are going to carry over from part one, but there are some specific reasons why I think that you shouldn't invest in real estate. And this is sort of my ongoing series of destroying the the sacred cows of, of Western civilization. The get married, get a job for life, buy a house, you know. And, and the way I see them are you make a lifetime contract based on emotion. You go into debt and you work to make someone else richer for the rest of your life. These are pillars of slavery, Okay by your oppressor, which is the government. The government is a monopoly on crime. Taxation is robbery. Conscription is slavery. And you've been bamboozled your entire life into thinking in the way that they want you to think, right? But most people don't even think, why do I have to take orders from these people, right? If I don't listen, someone shows up with a gun in my face. If I don't pay them 30 to 40% of what I make. Is this no is this any different from a monopoly who runs a protection racket in their neighborhood? It is not. It is just more successful. And all these factors, buying into real estate, working for someone else, this all keeps you running on the machine. Okay, this keeps you running on the treadmill, keeps you buying things that you can't afford. And Part one, I wanted to cover why you shouldn't buy a house, but this one is why you shouldn't invest in real estate is a bit different because for guys who are investing in real estate, your mind is already going in the right place, okay? You're trying to get out of the grind. You're trying to be able to, um, you know, hopefully build up um, a portfolio of properties that you can live on by managing them. You know, you're trying to get yourself out of of you know wage slavery hopefully at least but that isn't how it works in reality okay and this is why i don't think investing in real estate is a good move for your personal freedom and that's what i'm all about on my site your personal freedom your personal happiness okay not anybody else's not believing in anything else strictly believing in your own self-interest and what you want to do and I don't think investing in real estate is the move. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm at the end of the audio and video, I'm going to tell you what I think you should do with your hard-earned money. So first, I want to go through the reasons why people invest in real estate and why they think it's a good idea. And I'm going to debunk them. And then I'm going to go through my own reasons why you shouldn't invest in real estate. Okay. So number one, People invest in real estate because they think it's going to bring them passive income. Ideally, what happens is you buy a property, it's cash flow positive, you make two or $300 a month in it. That's if things go right. But in, in reality, every property is going to have problems to deal with. You're going to have appliances that break down, leaks that need to be fixed. You're going to have vacancies that need to be filled. Those, those vacancies might be for one month, they might be for six months, they might be for a year if you can't find a tenant. And 
if you don't want to handle this stuff, if you want it to be completely passive, then you have to hire a property manager. And if you're only clearing like one or $200 a month in cash flow, which is good by the way, if you're at cash flow positive, that's good. A lot of guys are, are cash flow negative or just breaking even. But let's say you, you do manage to clear two, $300 a month. Now that's gonna go to the property manager because you wanna have passive income. So if you actually wanna make some money on this, it's not as passive as you think, okay? It's not as passive. You know, I, I worked with a guy who owned three or four properties and two of them were in England and and it seems like every three months he had to go back to England. There was a break-in, there was a fire, there was a, a furnace that needed being fixed and he needed to be hands-on on all those things. This guy is going to have, um, you know, a nice portfolio to retire to when he's in his 40s and 50s. But every weekend when he wasn't working um, at the company, he would be doing something on one of his properties. This guy was very handy, very sharp, but this was no, this was no passive income. Okay, he was fixing everything himself, and it, it was not passive at all. And it's and and that that is a big myth. Okay, this is hard work. To, to me, I think this is not something that you can do as a part-time job. Number two, leverage. Okay, so you walk into a bank and you ask them for 10,000% leverage to gamble on penny stocks. They're going to look at you like you're taking bath salts, okay? Yet, tell them you want to gamble in the housing market and they will be more than happy to give you, you know, thousands thousand percent percentage of points of, of leverage. It's absolutely insane. And for those of you guys who don't think that who think the housing market is safer than stocks, I mean, just look at the the real estate crash of of uh, the U.S. in the early two thousands. Um, I mean, a lot of guys get into real estate because it's the only type of investment where they can actually get access to that kinds of capital. But as we covered in part one, leverage magnifies it. It magnifies the positive and the negative results. So it's great when the market moves your way, but it is an absolute disaster when the market moves against you. And I respect any guy who's going to take those risks, but building a portfolio is a leveraged house of cards that is only a few steps away from falling apart. And what a lot of guys don't think of is let's say you buy something with, you buy um, a house with 10% down. So you only have $20,000 in, in actual equity that you put up for the house. It only takes a couple of percentage points for the market to move against you and to wipe out your entire investment on $20,000 down, okay? So the market can, can slide 5% on whatever the $500,000 house right? But your $20,000 gone. Because from house to go to from 500,000 to let's say 470,000 or 480,000, not a huge dip in the market, not a disaster if you own the property completely. But when you're highly leveraged, there goes your 20 grand, there goes your entire investment into this property. Appreciation number three, as we cover in part one, appreciation outside of a bubble is largely a myth. I want to direct you to Robert Schiller, the creator of the Case Schiller Housing Index, and he's shown that real gains in housing since 1890 adjusted for inflation only amount to 0.2% a year on average. 0.2%. 
Compare that to the S&P 500, which on average has returned 8%. You can check out the link in my article here. So outside of a housing bubble, your rate of return is actually far lower than on stocks because prices can only rise um, in accordance with wages, right? It, it is impossible for housing prices to outstrip wages for a long period of time. And if you have a situation like we do in Toronto right now where the Chinese are buying up every other property, that, that's only sustainable for so long. You know, at the end of the day, it, you, you have a look at this chart, it reverts almost to baseline, almost to zero appreciation whatsoever. Number four, someone else pays for your assets. So this is a good sounding reason to, to, buy into, um, to buy a new house. And this can be true when you have good tenants and low vacancy rates and positive cash flow. Someone is paying for your asset, which is a great thing to have. It's something that you can't have in the stock market. No one's going to pay for um, your ownership of, of general electric stock. However, when you have problem tenants and a high vacancy rate and negative cash flow, you can, you can easily be going into pocket every month for hundreds of dollars to cover the cost. So it is not uncommon for properties to be in negative cash flow. Okay, and if you are in negative cash flow, then someone else is not paying for your asset. You are paying out of pocket. They are, they are covering part of your interest payments, but you are covering the rest. Um, number five, real estate scams. Okay, this is a big one. Many guys get exposed to real estate investing from an expert through a free seminar. These free seminars are really just a giant sales page to get you investing with them or joining their real estate investment club. These gurus pitch joint venture deals you know, where you invest with the guy and they give you their expertise in exchange for your cash. Common selling features include higher rental rates, the ability to buy properties on a discount and, and passive, no heading income. This is all the stuff that they sell you, but really what you get from these guys is shady deals and your money in the guru's pocket. I worked, I sold advertising for a real estate investment magazine and website and the guys that bought advertising from us were complete scumbags. Every guy that owned one of these real estate groups was a scumbag of the highest order. And they're usually guys who've been busted for some type of stock fraud before, were kicked out of the securities industry, were barred from the industry, and they just moved into real estate. You know, complete fucking scumbags. Number six, house flipping. House flipping is another reason why people get into the, the market. They think it's a you know, it's a good option for them. And for guys who are seasoned negotiators, for tough, tough negotiators with lots of home improvement skill, lots of time on their hands, decent savings, it is, it is a decent, decent option, okay? But it's a shitty option for the average guy with no skills, little free time, and lots of debt because you're going to have to go out of pocket for the renovations. And if you've overpaid, your house flipping strategy is now worthless. If, if you are not an expert on... Uh, your market and you've overpaid even a little bit, flipping your house is now going to be a complete waste of time. And the way I see it, house flipping is a part-time job at the least. This is not something that you can do uh, properly with a full-time job. There's a ton of friction and a ton of headaches that can be avoided in other businesses or other investments. 
And you also have to factor in all the transaction costs that you could have amortized on a longer time frame, like your agent's commission and the real estate transfer tax and escrow costs and carrying costs and all these different things while the property is being remodeled. You've got to pay you've got to pay these things on the front end, you've got to pay the property taxes during and, and, and then on the back end when you flip the house. So there's a lot of costs that costs that perhaps you might have missed. And unless you are an expert in your market, you 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 time the market correctly, you have you're a seasoned negotiator, you have a ton of home improvement skills, you have a lot of time on your hands, you have a, a good amount of savings, and you're able to cover all these hidden costs that that come up, you're not going to make money flipping houses and you're going to put a lot of time into it and a lot of energy into it and it's not going to pay off. You know, in the wake of the housing crash, we've seen that increased protection for distressed sellers and, and warranty requirements for, for renovated homes. These are more things that are going to cut into your profit, at least in the U.S. And the other, the other downside to house flipping is that selling a home that you've owned for less than a year is going to give you, uh, it's going to be taxed as ordinary income as opposed to cap gains tax. Cap gains tax in the U.S. is going to be 15%, but if you if you buy and flip a home within a year, that is going to be taxed as your primary income. So if you're, if, if you're in a high income tax bracket or even a mid-tax bracket, you could be looking at 30 to 50% tax on your profit. And that's this is minus all the other fees that you have to deal with. Then the government's going to re-reach back into your pocket on money that you've already been taxed on. And you're trying to get ahead and you're trying to flip a house. And now they're telling you that that is taxed as part of your income. So there's every factor in the fucking world against, against you making money flipping houses. Like I said, if you have all that expertise and you're a seasoned negotiator and you've got a lot of savings and all this stuff, you can make it happen. But you're probably not going to be reading this article or listening to this audio and video. Chances are people that are searching for this stuff are not experts already. And I mean, guys, there's a lot of people who make money real estate investing. There's a lot. But most of these guys are already rich to begin with or already had a good amount of cash or work 24-7, work their job for three, four, five years while doing investing full-time. You can make money doing this stuff. Don't get me wrong and, and... and I'm sure there's people who've made a lot more money than I make who are successful at this, but it is not your best option. Best option we will get to at the end of this um, audio and video here. Number seven, another reason why people uh, invest in real estate is they think housing is safer than stocks. Again, guys, it just takes a, prices to drop 10% with a 10% down payment on the house and you are wiped out. Your your entire investment's wiped out, while still owing the bank the purchase pl- price of the house you board at interest. Okay, because the stock market inherently is not all that dangerous. Because how much does the market drop in a, in a terrible year? Okay, the market drops twenty percent. It's a horrible year, but you don't have a thousand. 5,000% leverage on that. You can't get that. A brokerage house will not get that. Will not give you that leverage, but you know, a a you can walk into a bank and get a 10% a house on 10% down payment. They'll give you 100 grand and all you have to do is put up 10 grand, okay? 10 to 1 leverage. You'll never get that in the stock market, but you'll get that 
so for buying a house. So you are way, way more leveraged. And, and the more leveraged you are, the more dangerous your position is. Okay. It's true that stocks can fall to zero, but you're not going to, you're not going to hold your shares that long, right? If you've made a massive error. Okay. You know, if you're, if you're an investor and you're not a complete retard, you're going to have a stop loss for how much you're willing to lose on that particular stock. And as you guys know, I don't even recommend investing in stocks to get rich. Okay. I don't even recommend that, but it is not, it is not as dangerous as owning a house because you don't have 10 to one leverage on it. And you can punch out very quickly with a house. It's, it's much different. You can see the market falling against you and your 10 to one leverage, but it's going to take you three, six months to even get out of the house, right? To even be able to sell it. It's very illiquid. Number eight, the last reason that people buy houses is because of tax breaks, or at least because of what they think is, is going to be a tax break for them. You know, a lot of guys think they can take advantage of of tax breaks through buying properties, but unfortunately, many of those breaks don't extend to investors, and the ones that do don't justify the investments. So, a lot of the tax breaks only extend to people who own one home. They are specifically um, blocked from you because the government doesn't want want you to make any money where you don't pay tax. Okay, they they actively seek to block and close every single loophole for a guy who is trying to get ahead. They want to take as much of your money as humanly fucking possible. Okay. Because that's what a mafia does. So the mortgage interest deduction, you might've heard about that. That's a great benefit for property owners, but it's offset by property taxes. Okay. And if you were looking at a house as, as purely as an investment, then you've got to compare it to something like stocks or bonds. And on the stocks or bonds, you don't have to pay property taxes. So the interest deduction is great, but weigh that against what you have to pay in property taxes and they equal each other out. Okay, the deduction also is becoming vulnerable with, with the Obama administration debating whether, whether it's still feasible for them. So as the government goes into greater and greater debt, all these tax breaks and all these loopholes are gonna, are gonna be closed. Okay, $19 trillion in debt. They are going to be raising taxes and they're going to be closing every single loophole because they, they cannot afford to pay back what they owe. And it's going to get ugly. So assume that most of the loopholes that exist now, even the tax breaks that do exist, are not going to exist in the future. And let's say you, you know, compare this to an online business. If you, lose, if you lose money in your portable online business, right? Like I, like I have, you can deduct all your losses against gains in future years, but investors don't qualify for the tax exemption for selling a home because you have to have lived in the property as your primary residence for two out of five years. So that, that exemption is designed only for people who, who are not investors. It is going to be blocked for you as an investor. Okay, so now we've got the reasons why people invest in real estate handled and debunked, at least to uh, where I feel it's debunked. And now we're going to get into reasons why I think you shouldn't invest in real estate. Again, this is just one man's opinion. Okay. If your dream is to own portfolio of real estate, you know, don't let me stop you, but weigh this shit with an open mind. Okay. Weigh it with an open mind and, and listen to what I'm saying, because 
I think there's just so much, there's so many better options for you than investing in real estate if you're trying to get out of wage slavery, which I highly recommend that you do. Number one, why you shouldn't invest in real estate, time. So owning multiple properties is not passive income. Managing properties will take up as much time as a part-time business or even a full-time business, depending on how many you have. And the problem is the payout is still on the deferred life plan as opposed to an actual part-time business that could be paying you now. The deferred life plan, for those of you guys who don't know, is the is the standard Western civilization life plan of get a job, is no, sorry, it's go into debt for university, start off your career in debt, get more debt by buying a house on credit, get more debt by buying a car, combine your assets with a woman and involve the government in legal in in a legal contract based on her emotions called marriage and juggle that debt and those contracts for the next 30 or 40 years work hard at your job to make someone else rich and when you're fucking 60 you get to enjoy that shit when you're 60 you get to live comfortably that's for the five out of six people who make it to 60 for the one out of six people who die before 60 they don't get to enjoy that okay that's supposed to be your fucking golden years guys that is a motherfucking joke okay i want to enjoy my money now while i can walk without a fucking cane okay you know time is so important and great you have a real estate portfolio that you've built for the last 40 years in your 60s and you can give to your kids. That's great. But, I mean, if you have to work a job to pay for all that for the rest of your life, for the next 40 years, because you want to keep buying properties and because some properties need new appliances and stuff like that. Let's say you have four properties doing $200 a month in cash flow. That's good, okay? That's $800 a month. That's fucking garbage money, all right? It's garbage great when you sell them 30 years from now but instead of doing that you could have a part-time service-based job that's paying you two thousand three thousand dollars a month okay or more or a full-time a full-time service-based business or a full-time online business that's going to pay you more that's going to give you um that's going to pay you money right now instead of 30 years in the future okay and Let's get real. Expect to have issues with four or five of your properties. Let's say you've got 10 properties. Four or five of those, you're going to have issues with, and, and a couple of them are going to be major events, okay? A robbery, uh, furnace breaking, a, a tree falling on, I don't know, whatever. You're going to have to do something every year. The more properties you have, the more you're going to have to deal with this shit. And I want to go back to my colleague who owned multiple properties you know, he was always fixing a chimney or installing a new fence every single weekend. And this guy had a family too. So this guy had a family, he had a full-time job, and his his entire free time was spent, um, you know, working on properties. And he would confide in me, you know, I just don't have the energy I used to. And this guy was only 40, and, and I could see why. This, you know, he, he, this full-time slave, okay? And... Sure, the guy's going to be comfortable in his 60s, but he's going to be working a shit job for the rest of his life to get to that point. 
And this was a guy who was very capable at fixing things, had a massive work ethic. You know, that's what that's what it actually takes. It is it is not. Don't buy into this myth of um, of having of being able to have your time with these with these properties that just pay you money because that's not how it works for the most part. Number two, opportunity cost. So we covered opportunity cost in part one, but I want to reiterate to you that when you dump all your savings into multiple properties, you're still on the deferred life plan, okay? I want to get that into your head again. If you're sharp and a shrewd negotiator and have access to lots of capital and have a lot of luck and are extremely hardworking and are extremely capable at fixing things and doing repairs yourself, then you can be financially free in your 50s or 60s. The problem is, might take you, it's gonna take you 30 years to get there unless you utilize extremely aggressive financing and acquisitions. You know, if you really, unless you build that really, really big house of cards and it doesn't fall over, okay? And unless you're a phenomenal investor and can cash flow $2,000 a year from each property, you're gonna need 20 properties to pay your basic expenses. So you're living in a first world country, let's assume in a nice city you got to have a hundred you got to do six figures to be comfortable okay for my business for my online business rld i can take that anywhere and i took it to thailand so i don't need to do close to six figures to live you know upper upper middle class in thailand they call it high so high society you know i'm a wealthy guy over here on way less than i would need on like you know, a fifth or a third of what I would need in Toronto. Okay. So that's just a, that's just an example of, of, of opportunity cost. You know, unless, unless, you know, until you hit that 30, 35 year payoff where you sell your properties, which you probably won't even do because you want to keep them for your kids. You're going to be slaving away in corporate America, spending all your free time, trying to build up this big house of cards, hoping it doesn't fall over. And, Investing in real estate might accelerate your timeline to freedom, but chances are it probably won't. It, you'll, you'll still probably be retiring in your 60s. You'll just retire more comfortably. And guys, I don't give a fuck about my 60s, okay? The way I see it is you start your own business and you fucking grind on that, okay? I'm going to be working. If I make it to 60, I'm still going to be doing RLD at 60, and I'm either going to be fabulously rich or I'm going to be dead. Because there's no way you can work 30, 40 years on a business and not be rich, okay, if you're really giving it 110%. So you're either going to be rich off yourself and you're not going to have to work a job. So the way I see it, it's a massive opportunity cost. I could have stayed in Toronto and invested in properties and spent all my time doing that, but I wouldn't have been able to get out until oh, 40, 50. I'm out now at 33. I don't have to work for someone anymore. Okay? You can get out tomorrow. You can start a service-based business selling real estate or selling insurance and be out of, you can be out of wage slavery tomorrow. Not this fucking dream, you know, of 30 years in the future. And because at the end of the day, do you want to work your corporate job for the next 30 years? Because you can take that money and you can put it into a business that's going to feed you now. Or it's going to feed you a year from now. And you can use it to, to you know, you can use the money that you would have spent in, in real estate to pay your basic expenses while you baseline your business, okay, for the next year or so. You can take $30,000 
that can pay your your expenses for the next nine months if you live cheap, right? While you're biz- building that business up, okay? The opportunity cost is massive for not starting a business. And every year that you don't start a business is working against you. Because every year, you know, the sooner you start a business, the sooner you're able to reinvest the profits back into your company and, and benefit off the compound interest and benefit off the potential 500,000% returns that you can get in a service-based business or an online business. And every single year that you don't do that and every dollar that you divert away from that is opportunity cost, okay? Number three, maintenance. Owning multiple properties means lots of maintenance. And if you want to attempt to cash flow, you'll probably have to cut out the property management. So that means time and money. And if you compare this just to a pure investment, you're never gonna to have to repair an index fund or an online business, okay? I'm, you're never gonna to have to do maintenance on anything else but a house. And a maintenance is a lot of hassle, okay? Forget about this idea of, of this completely passive portfolio. You're going to have to get in and get your hands dirty or you're going to have to pay someone else to do that and cut your profits in half or, or completely cut out your profits. Number four, number four reason why you shouldn't invest in real estate, insurance. Okay, Insurance is similar to maintenance in the sense that owners must insure a house, but you do not have to own you don't, you don't have to insure stocks, you don't have to insure bonds, or you don't have to insure your own business if you don't want to. The way I see it, insurance is theft because why would I pay for something? If, if a company can make money betting against me having to use their services, why would I pay for it, right? If you needed insurance, insurance companies couldn't exist. It's the strangest business model. You're, what, what you're paying for, they sell you as peace of mind, but what you're actually paying for is, is, is for them to give you no services. Ideally, it is the only business where you are paying and hoping that you don't have a product delivered. You're hoping that you don't have to use their services, okay? And for stuff like, you know, houses, you don't have a choice. You have to insure it. So it's just taking money out of your pocket, right? Money that, that wouldn't have to be taken from other investments. That's, that's what it is at the end of the day. Number five, I covered this a bit before, but vacancy costs. This is a hidden cost that you don't have to worry about when you're the sole owner of the property. But when you do own a property, even one month of vacancy can wipe out your entire profit for the year. So let's say you're doing $200 cash flow a month. You know, you're doing great. Okay, it's your first house. It's beautiful. You know, you're happy with it. You think, man, I'm, I'm actually making this happen. Just one month vacancy, that's $2,000 that you got to pay. Boom. All your profits for the year wiped out. Okay, that's something you got to think about. Number six, final reason why you shouldn't invest in real estate, headaches. So landlording is a business where your tenants are your clients and to keep clients, you need salesmanship and relationship management and it means you have to deal with people and people are fucking headaches and especially when they can potentially damage your livelihood and personal property. The laws in North America are very much beneficial for renters. It is very hard to kick someone out of your house and if they are determined not to leave, you are in trouble. If you pick the wrong tenant, you are in trouble. Or if maybe you pick good tenants but they're breaking up. When I, when I broke up with my ex-girlfriend, 
we cut our lease short because we couldn't live together, you know. And from the start, we would look like young, upstanding professionals, which we were. But at the end of the day, circumstances happened where, you know, we had to negotiate buying our way out of the contract. You know, we signed a year-long lease. So contracts don't mean shit, okay. Contracts, you know, for you to, for someone that's determined not to leave your property, that would probably take you two, three months to actually get them out of there of them not paying rent, let alone, you know, if they're upset with you damaging your property, you know, all this stuff. I, I knew a guy who uh, bought a bunch of houses in a university town where he used to go to school and he's, he was losing, he was losing a ton of money because every year the kids would, would break the house and, you know, he'd have to come in and do maintenance and stuff like that. And he'd been cash flowing negative for like three, four years. You know, this is a lot of headaches. And again, if you pay a property manager to deal with that, now you got to make sure that you manage the property manager, that he's not scamming from you. And that's going to wipe out. If you had $200 a month in cash flow, that's going to wipe that out. So the whole idea of, of doing this is being able to manage these things on your own right? Because that's the only way you're going to actually make a profit. Um, and that is, that comes with headaches. So here's what I think you should do instead. And let me just recap that this is only my opinion. If you are determined to do this as your sole source of living and you have a lot of savings, you know, never let me stop you. Never let my opinion stop you if this is your mission. But I highly suggest that you have another look if this is the right mission for you. Because at the end of the day, I just don't see it. I don't see it compared to, it is an option and there are guys that succeed and I'm sure you can find a lot of stuff about successful real estate investors, but you gotta take all that with a grain of salt because chances are anyone that is going to be talking about real estate investment success is gonna be selling you a product, okay? And I'm not selling you anything. So I don't have, you don't have to worry about if my interests are aligned with yours. I'm not selling any product on starting a business or anything like that. So anytime that someone's selling you on how good real estate investing is, chances are they are trying to get you to buy a product or trying to get you to buy into their seminar. So all their information should be looked at with suspicion because if real estate investing is so good, why are these guys spending so much time doing seminars and selling you guys on buying in because that's where they make the money, right? It's like in a gold rush, you don't make money mining for gold. You make money by selling panhandles for other guys to mine gold, okay? So what you should do instead, in my opinion, every single man on the Forbes list is a business owner. You cannot get rich as an employee, and the longer you stay one, the longer it will take you away from being able to compound money in your own business and get massive returns. I'm getting, I don't even know what my return is on my business this year, but I wrote two eBooks last year. It cost me $500 to produce each of them. Within a day after the launch, I made my money back. 100% return within a day. My only costs are $170 for hosting and $100 for the checkout service for my books. $270 per month. 
So all I spent on my business last year was $270 per month plus a total of $1,000 for my books. So I made back the cost of the book within a day and within two weeks, I made back my entire hosting costs. So 100% return on my entire business from just one product in two weeks, okay? I don't even know what my return would be for the entire year, but we're talking thousands and thousands of percent. You know, at the end of the day, I, I could never get that from real estate investing. I, it's not possible. I couldn't get that from the stock market. I couldn't get that from anything else. Another good example is if you start a service-based business, for $1,000, you can get your designation, you can get your uh, landline connection, and you can get your internet connection paid for, for the entire year, okay? You hustle, you grind, you do 400 cold calls a day. You can do 70 grand in your first year as an insurance agent, as a real estate agent, as a guy shoveling driveways, guy doing lawn care, guy doing programming, guy doing web design. If you hustle, you can make that happen. You can get 70 to one on what you invested. You can't get that return anywhere else. It is a no-brainer to invest in yourself, okay? And that's a business and an asset that you can continue to grow every single year. And it's and just like a house, it's something you can sell off in your 60s or you can give it to your children, right? There, there is no better investment than your own business. Your own business is a money machine, okay? I built a money machine that... that actually gives me passive income. An online business, I wake up and I've sold books, okay? I wake up every day and, you know, I've sold like a third of my rent in Thailand every single morning, every single morning that I wake up without doing anything. I could not post an article for two months and make this, the exact same amount of money. You know, that is, that is real passive income. The real estate is not passive income. So, I don't see how you compare, nothing compares to owning your own business when it's successful. And if you're doing an online business or you're doing a service-based business, the margins are massive. I recommend a service-based business. An online business takes three or four years and it's a lot harder than it looks. Service-based business, if you're just going to fucking go in and go ham and do 400 cold calls a day, you can be you can be up and running and making cash, good cash by the next month, two months. Cash that'll take you four or five years to earn online. So that's what I think you should do. Number two, if you're going to invest, I think the stock market, you know, buying an index fund without leverage, um, holding that for the next 30 years, if you want to do the deferred life plan investment, is better than investing in real estate. I'd, I'd, there is no way I can see just the fact that you have to use leverage to invest in real estate means that it's a no-go for me because I would never, I, I don't accept debt, okay? There's no such thing as good debt, guys. It, it just does not exist, right? The only time you can have good debt is when it's debt for your corporation and you're too big to fail and the government will use taxpayer money to bail you out, to bail out your company. Or... You have enough money to pay a great lawyer to manipulate bankruptcy laws so that your business can go bankrupt, but you don't, you don't lose any of the earnings that you've taken out, right? Donald Trump did this four times. He brought four companies to bankruptcy, but it never touched his personal bankruptcy. 
So he, he learned how to manipulate the bankruptcy laws and he doesn't give a fuck, right? That's the only time it's good debt. The only time it's good debt is when you're not on the hook for it. Other times, debt is always a fucking problem, right? Debt, is, debt means that you can't afford it. If you have to go into debt, you can't fucking afford it, okay? So building a giant house of cards on debt is not the way to go. I would much rather see you invest dollar cost average into an index fund. But really, guys, take all your surplus income and put it into a fucking business. That's all there is to it. And work like a fucking dog until you're making six figures or until you're making, if you're making online money, the equivalent of six figures in in Thailand or in Bali or wherever the fuck you want to go. That's it, boys. Thank you so much for uh, listening and or watching this. If, if you're watching this on YouTube or reading the article, whatever it is, thank you so much for your time. And as always, I wish you all the best.